Football Made Simple. Become great at your craft by finding ways to make it simple for those around you. This is the Coaching 101 Podcast, hosted by Find A Way Productions. With your co-host, Daniel Chamberlain and Kenny Simpson. All right, man, you can go whenever you're ready. Okay. Coaching 101 Podcast is sponsored by Findaway Productions. Findaway Productions also sponsors fbcoachsimpson.com for all your coaching needs with over 30 coaching materials, books, as well as 50 PowerPoints and videos and smaller materials and the free magazine headsets. Findaway Productions also sponsors offensivecoordinatoracademy.com, all things offense, and defensivecoordinatoracademy.com, all things defense. By the way, Productions is proud to sponsor Coaching One On One Podcast. Good. Was that good? Good Under enough. Thirty. Yeah, about for thirty-three, but it's good. Yeah. Okay, you can cut that last part out if you want to. Then the okay. last I'll, part. I'll about make it fit. Okay. Absolutely. This episode is brought to you by Athletic Speed and Movement at athleticspeedmovement.com. We've taken Dell Basket's forty-five years of speed and movement training and put it all in one place just for you. You can get the same training that NFL players have been getting for years, collegiate players have been getting for years, and now high schools across the nation are paying thousands of dollars to bring Dell in to, to install his system. But we've got it online for you. It's time to help your team become faster, not just in the 40, not just their sprint speed, but between the tackles and their cuts while they're chasing down the quarterback. It's time for you to help them become faster everywhere. Jump over to athleticspeedmovement.com. There's an orange button there. Just click it. It says, uh, get the keys to playing faster. You'll get the three core movement video from Dell. He's explaining the science behind it all for just the price of your email. Check it out, athleticspeedmovement.com. What's up, coaches? This is the Coaching 101 podcast. I'm Daniel Chamberlain here with Kenny Simpson today in person. In person. Uh, it's, a good, a good, it's a good episode, man. AFCA has been pretty awesome for me. Uh, this is not your first, obviously. This is my very first, and so I've learned a ton. Uh, just getting to kind of be around coaches and, and – speak the lingo and everybody's talking my language right instead of it's not like talking football with your wife who's like you know I, although my wife is pretty good at it, and i'm sure some of y'all's are too but it's just a different feel right just kind of being around the guys and talking connecting with friends you know i, I see these guys once a year right. i don't feel and we, we talk through zoom or phone or whatever i think that's yeah. as you kind of come to more of these daniel and guys that maybe you're watching this and that's what a lot of guys do with afca i think is you connect with guys that you hey let's meet up and hang out a little bit i'm right to go watch the game i'm I'll make a friendly wager, my friend. Here, I'm going to go to Michigan, go away yeah. from Chris. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> do, you know. So, but anyway, on that note, we probably had to reduce because they don't know who these guys are. Let's go ahead and introduce yourself. Yeah, I'm uh, Chris Haddad, the founder of Victory Sports. Um, we're an education website for football coaches, so if you're looking to learn X and O's, drills, everything in between, uh, you can find it on our website, VictorySports.com. And then we're here with... Uh, and I'm Danny Haddad. I am also part of Victory Sports, and I'm the OC at Bellingham High School in Massachusetts. Yeah, and the better-looking half of Victory Sports. <laughs> so which one's the oldest? I am. Uh, okay, yeah. five years. Five years, yeah. Five years older. Five, five years. years older, yeah. So I remember we had you on the podcast before, and yeah. you said your dad was the head coach. Yeah. You're the OC? A DC. The DC. He's the OC. OC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 You know, they always say, don't work with family. Keep family and business yeah. separate. And you guys are like, no. No, we, we, we do all. We jumped all into it. One high school. So you've been doing that for seven years now, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So we've been going for about seven years. I think we're going on our eighth year now. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, no, it's been good. It's... I always tell the story, in the beginning, it's been a little bit rocky in a sense, right. of like because you learn how to gel, you know, and 
Um, but the last couple of years have been really good in the sense of like, you handle the offense, you handle the defense, my father will handle the head coach responsibilities. And he, he's really good in the sense of lets us do our own thing and isn't right. too much. You know, no. on our butt about like you have to do this, you have to do this. Right. So, uh, and then the last couple of years we've been pretty good in that sense, just being able to do our own thing. So, yeah. So, ultimate question then: When Dad retires, who's the heir to the throne? Oh goodness, I don't know. I've thought about that too. I've thought about that. I have no ambition. Supposed to go to the oldest brother. It's, it's yeah, supposed to. Yeah, yeah. we got to get our oldest. I'll say we do have an older brother, so maybe he can step <laughs> in and take it. Yeah. Because yeah. uh, I have honestly no interest in being a head coach. So. Uh, I mean, you know, you've been through the gamut of being a, a head coach. Out. Yeah, <laughs> and then you're back yeah. into it. So, uh, I, I'm too loved with the X and O's to Absolutely. to like jump into I, head coach. Then we're talking off air a little bit. You coach DBs for D- him, right? You coaching on offense. Yeah, the wide receivers for right. him. Yeah. I think that's that's the key for a lot of coaches that must be listening here. You don't want a fracture of defense offense. Well, the easiest way to do that is. Have your coaches coach on both sides of the right. ball, right. even if it's a small part. Mm-hmm. I think that, that there's a lot of responsibility. Right. There yeah. That really helps. Well, it's good too because, like, you know how it is when you get a split staff. Like, you maybe your defense coordinator is just all about defense, and all he cares about is the defense. Well, it's like I care about my wide receivers. Make sure that they're stemming properly, they're stacking right. properly. They're, you know, especially during practice too. Like. You have the mindset flip-wise where it's not just I'm so offensive-minded, now I'm defensive-minded. You know, you, like everything changes. And the way we run our practices is like five to eight-minute periods of just go, go, go. So, like, you have to change mindset and you have to to be in that mindset of, like, I'm just not just one way and, and flipping it from there. family is yeah. good, but I've seen multiple times in a head coach where we win a game and I've got a coordinator mad because they didn't play well. I'm like, buddy. I don't care if we win 56, 54, yeah, or we right. win two to nothing. Yeah, we won the, the game to win. More than that. That's it. Right. <laughs> that's, that's the whole goal. That's the whole goal. Kind of get off topic there. No, but that's, that's, no. that that's what these are for, right? Yeah. Uh, so y'all talked about you know training each other's kids on opposite sides of the ball. So yeah, that's yeah. good. It's kind of what we're here to talk about today. Is we're going to talk uh, development of your skill players on offense. So you know we've talked about developing O line before. I think or maybe we recorded it. It hasn't come out yet. I don't remember. Um, they're all starting to run together, but. We've not really talked about just taking all your skinny kids and making them better. Um, and so we want to kind of progress this day. We want to talk general, just what are all of my kids doing? Uh, maybe some drills you like or yeah. uh, a program you put them through, whatever it is. Yeah. And then um, we'll kind of go through some, some different uh, positions individually. So, yeah. yeah. So we'll just open it right up. Like what is when you're working your kids in spring, summer, I guess, into the season, and they're all together, very general, making everybody better at the skill kit. What do those drills look like for you Yeah, guys? I'll kick this off and yeah, I'll throw it over to you. So um, Massachusetts is a little bit different because right, we don't get spring ball. So uh, really in summer, we really get like... We get nothing. W- yeah, we don't get much <laughs> either. So it's like that tail end of doing seven-on-seven passing like stuff is really when we get our, our time to do it. But uh, between that, but I think the biggest thing for us is like how we practice. I think you got to practice fast, and this is something I got from Bob Chesney, who is now at James Madison University, was at Holy Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, just the speed and tempo of how you practice everything, because it forces coaches to be organized. If you're practicing 25-minute blocks, you can kind of take your time, you can kind of be lax a little bit. So I found, at least for us, that helps us drill-wise, is to move as fast as possible, because it keeps your coaches organized, and it keeps the kids engaged, because we, li- we live in the TikTok world, where everything's so quick, and so it needs to be now. So. Um, I think for me, you know, I'm, I'm sure right. you'll jump on it afterwards, yeah. but like for me, it's like the speed of how we've amplified everything has helped us out, at least structure-wise, for coaches pre-practice to be able to get to everything during practice. Yeah, yeah. especially just like switching offense to defense. So that's a big thing we do. We don't just do offense for the first hour, defense for the second hour. We have a lot of guys playing both ways. Yeah. So it's like offensive ND, five minutes, 
defensive indie five minutes, defensive seven on seven, O team, like we're mixing it in that way, like a game where you have to switch offense, defense, offense, defense. Right. So switching in that way, and then also just our off-season training too. Uh, we switched it up. Who's the URI strength coach? Oh, like coach Scott Leach. Coach yeah, Scott yeah, Leach. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot of good stuff yeah. from him this off-season. Um, a lot of just power work. Like everything we have to do is fast. So just tempo-wise, fast. Everything in the weight room, fast. So anytime we're moving a weight, has to be as fast as you possibly can. So that's one thing we adapted this off-season to, and it paid dividends. I think this is probably the, the strongest we've ever been in the off-season, just because how fast we moved everything and how fast we move our tempo in practice, tempo we move in our off-season program too. I think everything we do just now has so much speed, so much is so quick with so fast and so fast moving. So yeah, I think that's definitely one of the uh, main I'll, things. I'll add on to that too because I want to give Scott Leach a shout too. Yeah. Um, he's the strength coach at URI, and he's he's got a. Uh, it's not a course, but it's a, it's a course, it's a course, yeah, course it's technically course. Um, out there where everything we do tackling wise. I know I'm kind of flipping gears here, just offense, defensively, but like yeah. making fits better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like this is something I know we talked about this a lot. Like making sure that the situation is as close to the game as it possibly can be. So a lot of stuff that we do in the off season is we're doing conditioning, conditioning drills, but they're based off of angle tackling and we're just tagging the hip off right mm -hmm. so whether it be going around two cones whether it be a three-man vice row whatever it is but the kids are running full speed but they're competing at full speed and then they're trying to build that skill of taking the angle to tackling at full speed too mm -hmm. so um you know i think the first time a lot of kids see a tackle is beginning of august, august when you put yeah. the pads on right so like and then they're trying to judge an angle that time so it's like here we get them built in three four months before the season to angle tackle and then by the time the season's ready like i think our, our missed tackles were down 60 percent this year or up, or up 60 yeah. i don't know what the yeah. proper right yeah. That's probably like, yeah but like for us like looking at that metric being like okay what was the driving factor and i think doing all that preseason and then guiding it into the season was huge for us so i you know i recommend if anyone here listening, like go talk to Scott and see the things he has because it's 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 awesome, and we're yeah. gonna replicate it again this off season and do it more. So especially especially the contact prep stuff too. Your body doesn't get hit for right. eight months, right? right? And then all of a sudden now you go in August, your body's destroyed. Yeah. So we had a lot of in, a lot less injuries this year too. Yeah. Just, so you did like a full contact prep. Contact yeah. prep, yeah. Usually like most mostly at least one to two days in the summer, something contact prep just to prep your body. Yeah. Right. So just it it worked out. We I think we only had like one soft tissue injury all year. Yeah. And then just big injury, big injury wise, like just kid broke no collarbone. Yeah, broke collarbone. Like, yeah. That's really it. Yeah. Everything, everyone else stayed healthy, so. Yeah. Yeah, big things on that. Just a couple things I picked up. So one, staying organized. Chris, you kind of hit that. Yeah. Danny, you kind of hit yeah. that. You got to know what you're doing. You can't move fast if you don't know what you're doing. Right. right. So being organized is big. And you kind of hit it right there at the beginning. I thought you talked about scheme specific. So defensively, I don't know if it has to be as scheme specific as tackling is tackling. And there are certain skills you have to have. It just is what it is. Right. When you move over to the offensive side of the ball, I think you can be very scheme specific in your drills, like what you're trying to accomplish. I know we're doing skill guys today, uh, but if you do O-line or skill or whatever it is, offenses are a little different. Right. You know, so what drills actually show up in the game? You mentioned that on tackle, yeah. what drill shows up in the game. So like, you were about to talk skill, if you're running veer, you probably don't need your quarterback throwing the ball right. a whole lot during individual right. time. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to run uh, air raid, you, you're, that's probably what you need to work on most of your individual <laughs> yeah. time. Right. And, that, and that sounds that sounds common, but like this year we had like three pass plays in our offense, three base. There, there are a lot of tags off it, but that's what we worked. So we worked individual receiver. We worked those routes right. because that's all we were going to throw. And then there were certain kids 
we never worked a go route with because guess what? So as we kind of move towards skill stuff, the stuff you guys mentioned is mm-hmm. be organized, be efficient with your time, you know, and then make sure you're being scheme specific with what you're doing. Right. right. Well, can I ask you a question? So uh, when you talk about like the kid never catching a go route, so like is that something that you're going week to week with, with like here's how we're going to script you know, these receivers running these routes during these periods, or is that something you're going to the season with being like these positions are never going to run this route, so we're the never going to the, the season. season. Yeah. Yeah. You think about like, here's the deal. And I, y'all are in high school. You coach high school too. Let's say you have 10 receivers. We'll just pick that as random number. You got 10 receivers and four of them run a four, six or under. Those guys are probably going to have to run the full route free. Right. right. Then you got a kid who's going to be a four-eight out there. You know, hey, you're going to help us at some point. You can run curl routes. He's a good blocker. He's a good whatever. We're going to work the routes he runs. And so one of the ways we do that is when we're doing like, like that five-minute block where the quarterback's throwing routes. Is it's very specific. You run this route. You run this route. You run this route. Gotcha. The quarterback's throwing all the routes yeah. that he might throw. But the receivers are running the routes; they're going to run in the game. Because right. mm-hmm. for us, you got to think we're throwing. We only throw the ball maybe 10, 15 times a game. Right. And so for us, we kind of know when we're throwing that, what route we're throwing, who's getting it. Right. So this receiver, hey, this guy, you may need to run all three of these routes. Mm-hmm. You know. Uh, and then I've been a big feed the cats guy. I'm curious to see what you guys think of that. But so I think yeah. we do things at their full speed. Yeah, right. And so we can't we can't run 15 go routes and expect that to be full speed. Right. You know, but we want a fast practice. So how do we kind of modify that? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So you talked about practice tempo. Um, coming up, I, I grew up in exactly what you did, that block period. Um, I remember even my, my first well, my first job was a DC job, but my second DC job when I did an install, uh, the coach was like, Cool, you've got thirty five minutes or whatever, right? That's that's defensive time. Um, okay, that's fine. And when I tried to break it down, he's like, No, 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 the coaches will they'll figure out what they want to do in Indy. You're just the defensive coordinator. I'm like, okay, this is very weird. And now this year, you know, I got to go up and play with the big the big dogs at Owasso, and it's like five minute period, twenty three yeah. five minute periods, yeah. Yeah. not yeah. not twenty two, yeah. not twenty five, right. twenty three five minute periods, and then however that fits into whatever the, the scheduling is. And I mean, talking about just being quick, yeah. Um, you know, Joe's real big in the ninety minute practice plan, right? That's his goal as a head coach when he was head coaching. Um, and he talked about how hard it is. Like coaches yeah. can't trim the fat enough to fit into a nine-minute right. practice plan. The kids love it, and it oddly enough fits right back into like that feed the cats mentality yeah. of get the work done and go home and go That's to bed. It. Right, That's like it. quit way burning time on the field. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I got to see kind of that again this year. It was like we're in the middle of a drill and the whistle blows. Like sorry guys, you three or four that didn't get to go, you just didn't get to go. Yeah, right. Either the guy in front of you's got to be better tomorrow, or y'all got to work faster. Whatever it is, right. Um, Time's out, and so that, let's go. That We're happens. Going to the next drill, yeah, right? that happens. Yeah. And it's like, it's usually the younger kids that suffer a little bit. And I'll, I'll tell the kids, like, hey, I'll get you a couple reps after practice. Like, I want to make That's sure right. I get those kids after practice. But at the same time, it's like, I need to be a little bit more better organized to make sure, like, the, the pace of the drill is moving faster. That way I can get those kids. But like you said, if you got 10, 11, 12 receivers in a drill, the younger guys may not get a rep or two, and the older guys will get more reps. And it stinks. And it's obviously the, on the coach to be a little bit more better organized. But at the same time, it's like, the kids do enjoy it more. I'm, I'm glad you said that because it's like you ask the kids, "What do you think?" Like we always have our postseason meetings, and we ask the kids, "What do you think?" Oh, the pace of practice is awesome because it goes by like that. Yeah. And again, go home. Don't right. don't hang around here. Don't go home. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
I know the cleaner forgot it, so that's okay. Uh, so moving on. Well, <laughs> My working, just cutting you off. Working just drills. Oh, yeah. I know what I was going to say. You know, I picked up on this year in the NFL that one of the quarterbacks was struggling. I don't remember who it was. and I think it was the 49ers. Probably two of them. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Sorry to <laughs> Whoever the head coach was, he's basically uh, like, I, I'm not here to develop a quarterback. I'm not here to coach a quarterback. Yeah. I'm not teaching him how to be a quarterback in the middle of an NFL season, right? right? That's off-season, that's him with his personal, oh, that's what it was, it was somebody talking about having an outside source coming in and training a quarterback. He's like, that's fine, that's what he's supposed to do. He's a, he's a professional ball player. Go pay for a developer, right, to help you get better. And it kind of made me think, is that where we should be in high school? Is like, I have two days of full practice, maybe three, to get you ready to beat that team. So it needs to be pretty schematic. At what point do we need to move those skills and drills to the spring and summer? And now when we get into fall ball, guys, we're just learning how to beat the other team. I don't, yeah, right. I don't have to get your mechanics back. It's right. Right. So I kind of yeah, wonder, yeah. do y'all have any thoughts on that? I'm like, yeah. We're, oh. I mean, that's kind of, it's tough for us too. We don't have spring ball. So like yeah. we don't get to develop these these skills and drills in the off season. We have to develop them in August and September. So it kind of puts us behind the eight ball a little bit. But yeah, I, I like that, just yeah. to get all the skills, get everything down, all the fundamentals down throughout the summer and throughout the spring. And then really you're just focusing on game plan specifics, scheme specifics, and it's gonna make that a lot easier for you guys. So, I mean, I like that. Yeah. Y'all do have seven on seven, right? We I have seven, seven on seven, seven. So that's, yeah. For your yeah. skill guys, I mean, that's where I would think that the majority of our development as skill kids are coming in at seven on seven. Yeah. Yes, the field is gonna look different, the the routes can't be as long right, right? you're not I, I went this past year and watched our quarterback you know our excuse me our defense defending a, a group that has five seconds to throw the ball right. or whatever right and kid runs a, a cross all the way from yeah. the other side and yeah. cuts back a little bit like yeah. what are you doing yeah. right. but um still they're getting a ton of fundamental yeah. development if right. you coach it that way yeah right? exactly if you're like no everybody run deep outs and I'm gonna yeah. get the pipe up the middle every time to win the game yeah. right you're you're just hurting yourself so. right and there's like there's two ways to do it too there's always that defensive coordinator that runs two man the entire time and doesn't play any of the defense he's running during the year so if you want to win the seven on seven yeah if you want to develop players in the seven on seven that's really two different stories that you kind of approach with so but yeah, we always like to go just run. I like to see what works. So if I'm putting in some new concepts, let's run them at seven on seven, see if the quarterback's comfortable with it, see if it adapts to the coverage that we're seeing. And then from there, if we like it, we'll put it in for the spring or for the fall. And then if we don't like it, then all right, let's 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 find something else that works. So it's really like our test ground is the seven on seven. I got uh, two points real quick on seven on seven. One's just a funny story. So we, one of my first years there, seven on seven was big and mm. we're trying to prove that that didn't really matter. Right. So we got a runner-up trophy that I hung above the urinal. So I said, that's about how much that thing's worth because we're trying to develop the skills. So right. I know what you're saying. Second thing is, go back to Chris's first point, organization. So you talk about organization in a practice, well, then you got to back up big picture. So we phase our season, and everybody's different. Y'all don't get them to August. It's a wild west in Arkansas. I get them whenever I want them. Right. Mm-hmm. But basically, we have a preseason, which I run that through our non-conference schedule. Mm-hmm. So we have three non-conference games. It gets us into about mid-September. Mm-hmm. So that's our, we're going to be doing a lot more fundamentals and a lot more drills, and I'm not as concerned about scheme. Right. You know, scheme matters, mm-hmm. but we got to get them where they can tackle and not fumble and catch ball. Mm-hmm. Then as we move towards conference, our practice does shift. You know, we have less time to do mm-hmm. fundamental drills. It's not that we right. don't do them, just less time. Right. And then as you get towards the end of the season on those you have to win, 
our practice shrinks again, but it goes almost 100% into scheme. Right. At that point, you're trying to keep them healthy and make sure they know what to do on Friday night. Right. You know, and so I think that goes back to that organizational aspect. I like that, the faces of, of the season. That's, yeah. that's really good. Yeah. I'll be looking, looking at if, you, if you know you're going to be pretty good, you know, if you've established a program, you know, okay, we, we know where we think we realistically can get, then you need to section off your season that direction. Right. Yeah. Now, let, me ask you, yeah, uh, let me ask you guys, like, in your area, do you have people that are developing, like, quarterback coaches, wide receiver coaches? Like, do you have people outside of your team that are, like, grabbing some of your kids to, I guess, going back to the whole, like, fundamental aspect? Because, like, if you don't have a lot of time to develop those kids, right. like, are there people that are paid, obviously, outside of your program that are... We, we don't have a ton because we're in kind of a rural area. Yeah. But I know that it's blowing up in like more urban areas like yeah. Little Rock and kind of yeah. big cities. I imagine where you guys are. That's yeah, there's big. a couple of QB trainers yeah. that do a pretty good job developing quarterbacks. Nice. But, you know, I, I think just going back to the time aspect of it, it's like if, if you don't have the funds to go to that quarterback and like you have weeks to yeah. like to train a kid an entire throwing motion, which right. is just not happening. But it goes back to your point of like him throwing certain route concepts and right. being able to put the ball where it needs to be put. But a lot of kids, if you have ugly mechanics or you know don't have the proper way to get the ball to that receiver, then you're we had a quarterback this year. He threw from about his hip. Mm -hmm. He played DB his entire life, you know. And so you kind of get into where you're a senior. How much? How much peeing into the wind am I going to do? Exactly. Like, throw here. <laughs> Instead, I mean, let's just design our offense around what you do throw well, which exactly. is out of the pocket, yep. kind of off schedule yep. throws, you know. And so I think a lot of times, I know we're going to talk about working drills with kids here, but I think if you look Maybe. at like, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> yeah, you look at like, I think a lot of times it's adapting to what that kid can do. And so maybe don't fight. Right, but that's you're a good coach saying that though. I feel like there's a lot of coaches out there like we do this and we're gonna do this no yeah, matter what. So we're I mean. we're throwing the ball 50 times a game and you gotta adjust. But if a kid can't, then it's like you have to. Think about those, the NFL you know? teams that if the quarterback is drafted by them, their career's over. Pretty much, right? yeah. Coaches, yeah. Yep. You know, that's the coaches. Yep. You look at like guys like and I know I'm, my Dolphins lost, so I'm mad. Mm -hmm. But you look at how McDaniel used to his strengths. You look at how Lamar Jackson is thriving mm -hmm. under. Um, Harbaugh, yeah. but no one else wanted to trade for him. Right. Wide receiver. They, he was a wide receiver. Yeah, because yeah. They, like, they weren't willing to yeah. adjust to him. Right. right. You know, I think that's the same thing with all skilled kids. Like, you got to find what they do well. Not, we can't ignore their deficiencies. Right. But let's harp on what they do well. Let's show that off. Yeah. You know, you got a running back who's extremely athletic out of the backfield, but he's not a great between tackle guy. Well, let's get him in space. Right. And so. As we kind of work towards, I don't know if we're going to, I think we'll have time, kind of move over towards like developing skill positions. Right. You know, let's start, you want to start with quarterbacks on that? Sure. So we're kind of on that topic. Yeah. So uh, you get a quarterback, you guys get a quarterback, transfers in, you guys have however much time you have to get him ready. What drills are you running with him? How are you assessing him? How are you assessing if your drills are working? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, quarterback-wise, a lot of, like, pretty much everything we do is from the ground up, right? So I'm always assessing feet first, making sure those are right. If that's off, then the rest of the mechanics are going to be off. So um, drill-wise, we do a lot of mesh point with the running back. So we always make sure that mesh point is fluid just because we are mainly a read option team. So it has to be one of the main foundations of our offense is the, the mesh point. So we're repping that every single day with the running backs. Uh, Quarterback-wise, just mainly a lot of base footwork stuff. So making sure you have a wide base the entire time. Um, just making sure you're balanced. So drill-wise, 
I'm not really a, not a quarterback coach, so like I'm I'm putting that off to the other quarterback coach that we have, Derek. Yeah, we, we have a really good quarterback yeah, coach. Yeah, so. he, he does a great job. Uh, so, but a lot of stuff with him is just like release stuff, making sure it's like quick release um, to the wide receivers, just because we do a lot of like gift RPO stuff, so bubbles, now routes, stuff like that. Um, but drill wise, but I, yeah, I mean, yeah. I'll I'll jump in. But a lot of drills that we do is quarterbacks with the running backs, quarterbacks right. with the receivers, group quarterbacks work. with it. So like group work, yeah. you know, the individual time that we do have, we we probably have like one or two yeah. indie periods. Where we're developing that individual skill, and we right. do a lot of pre-practice stuff and post-practice stuff. Yeah. And that's the other thing too. Like when we structure drill wise, like mechanically, we use that time in pre-practice to make sure mechanically we're warmed up, ready mm. to go. So that way, when we do get to practice, we're not working on a base W drill with the quarterback where right. you're just sliding your feet in and out. It's like that stuff should be done pre-practice, in our opinion at least. That stuff should be done pre-practice so yeah. when we can get to practice, that five-minute block can be, like I said, mesh point, can be thrown with the receivers, can be right. doing different things in that aspect. So. And that really goes back to like, you know, kind of philosophy I've developed while working with the greats, right? the, the guys yeah. that I get to work with all the time. Um, your practice better look like football. Yeah. Right? It needs to look like the yeah. game you're going to go play. So I, I, I go back to the story, Peyton Manning, <clears throat> he uh, was talking about one game, like after 17 years in his career or whatever, however long he played. Like last season, he finally, uh, um, you know, he's sitting in the pocket, a guy falls down and he jumps a D lineman and then throws the ball. Right. And he's like, I have worked that for 30 some odd years through high school and college and the NFL yeah. of having to step over a bag as I throw. And I was like, well, how stupid is it that you wasted 30 years of right. drill time right. to step over a bag to do it once in like one of the longest careers ever? Right. Um, right. And could that have been more time to right. do something else? Yeah. Right. Does, yeah. that, does your yes. practice look like football? And yeah. he's obviously not hurt him at all. Just if I can have my kid step over a bag and he's Peyton Manning, right. let's go. I'll exactly. do it all day. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, so. Does your practice look like football? Does your drill look yeah. like football? Or are you just back there sliding your feet through bags all the time? No, yeah, you got to make it realistic too. It's like, if you want to like resemble a pocket, like give guys attacking the quarterback, make, it, make the reads realistic. Uh, right. You'll never see our guys jumping over trap pads, anything like that. Yeah. So, But like more realistic drills where if you're going to work on pocket presence, work on pocket presence. Make it as chaotic as possible just so that when you get to the game, it's not as chaotic, it's not as crazy, just because you've done it all week. So. Well, a lot of times what we see is we go back and we look at these quarterback coaches. Well, here's the deal. And some of those guys are great. I'm not mm -hmm. downing a guy who works with quarterbacks, but a lot of times they're working with a guy in May mm -hmm. and they have him for three hours. Or you go watch a college coach who works with a guy, or an NFL coach. And that's where we all go watch our drills. Well, they have these guys for an hour and a half. I think if I had them for an hour and a half. They got to kill time. You yeah. got to do something. Yeah. Right. You know, and so, I, and as a high school coach, we look at that and we think that's what needs to be done. Mm -hmm. I think I would much rather work on mesh point with a running back if right. I was mm -hmm. running. So I, be careful as you guys are doing these drills. One, make sure they're on point. Mm -hmm. Two, I've never been a fan of doing any drill with a bag or a, something that doesn't isn't doesn't exist on yeah. the football field right, with yeah. any position player. Mm -hmm. Even our linemen, I'm not just a giant fan of using sleds right. because we don't block sleds. Mm -hmm. You know, so how can we simulate that drill on a person? And so I, I, that point I think is big. And, Unfortunately, I know Chris is the Twitter guru here. But <laughs> follow his Twitter. Yeah, so it's funny you say that because I, I look back at like I don't know if we've talked about this like off camera, but like I look back like three, four years ago of drills I used to post. I'm just like I cringe. I'm just like ah, yeah. oh, like why did I post? You know. So I've yeah, yeah. I've, I've just been a lot more conscious of like things I post now. Just like to your point of like, does this translate? Is this just something that looks good but doesn't actually you know? And I think 
there's so much information shared out there. Like, you, it's just so tough to weed out like what's good, what's not good. You know? What's good for you? What's good for you? Good right, right. It's, it's not me to say this is a bad drill or a good drill, but it's like how again, how does it translate to football? Like, that's the end of the end all be all. Is like, how's this going to make money? Dominic Frank's over at Tulsa. He's become a pretty good friend of mine for yeah. the last couple of years. He actually sent me drill tape and game tape from this past season with his safety, and it's like. He actually started under a little canopy, right? So he had his head down, working a backpedal drive. Then he sends me the game tape where the guy oh, really starts in his back yeah. and he comes down and makes a tackle, right? And then another one, he's, it's kind of the same thing going across the field to, to get into a defender like a post, right? Yeah. And then he's got a kid that's doing the exact same footwork and everything, and he takes a pick, right? And gets a pick and, and, and Love that. went to the house or whatever. Yeah. But it's like, if you can't find that in your game tape, you might be running the wrong drills. Right. Right? What does football look like? Right. Um, we we'll go back to what we were talking about earlier. You know, coach asked about analyzing or kind of grading your quarterback, see if your drills are working. So how are you doing that? Because that's something I'm not a quarterback coach either. Right. But at least you're an OC and you're like, hey, that kid's yeah. making the throws or he isn't. So right. what are you doing to like analyze how well or grade that player? So first off, just one statistics, right? If he's not throwing as many picks, if he's keeping control of the ball, like we're seeing, okay, he's working this pocket presence drill. He's not getting sacked. He's not getting hit. So just really the outcome of the situation too. So looking, he's not getting sacked. He's making the right decisions. Well, this drill is good because now we're seeing him step up in the pocket. We're seeing him evade left, evade right. So really just how the outcome comes through the game. Yeah. So if we see that this drill is seeing like his working in the game, we'll continue with the yeah. drill. Like, um, we met with Dante Scarnecchia this offseason. He said, if you don't see drills in the game, you're doing the wrong drills. Yeah. So essentially just what you said, right? So if we're not seeing that exact type of movement or that exact situation in the game, we're not going to do that drill. Yeah, I'll, I'll add yeah. on one more thing, too. Just just going back to drills, like one thing, I, I, one of the drills I love that he does, at least, is, is that pocket presence drill. Like we, like, we have our five linemen. We have the rush that we're going to see, whether it be a five-man pressure or a six-man pressure. And the quarterback sits in that pocket, looking downfield at a coach given numbers, whatever it is. But like again, he has to slide the pocket. We're telling our D lineman go try to sack him. So it's like full contact, full everything. Obviously, we're not going to hit the quarterback when we get yeah. to him. But like, I think a lot of coaches practice blitz pickup, but you don't practice it in a live chaotic environment. Yeah. So now, like when our quarterback faces a blitz, he's standing there no problem and delivering the ball where he needs to. Yeah. But I think that eight to ten minutes that we do of just like rapid fire, get set, run the blitz get your eyes down feel okay do it again over and over again i think that's been huge mm -hmm. and the other thing too is film your practice i think there's so many coaches yeah, or film your drills excuse me yeah film your drills it's like so many coaches just like okay practice is over we'll just figure it out the next day and like I, we film every like yeah. every little thing we possibly can film ipad ipads iphone uh like every like yeah everything you possibly take an injured kid and have them hold the camera yeah yeah that's yeah, really yeah. what we yeah. do yeah, filming a drill is going to help a kid at time yeah, yeah. And i think the other thing you can do to help with drills is just simple cues like what's the coaching point and the kids can repeat back to you what we're trying to get out of the drill right like what what is our goal here what's our what is our uh is you're doing pocket presence it might be like what's off the edge we want to step up right what's in the middle <clears throat> we want to shuffle out but, so he understands the concept so even if you couldn't simulate it exact in the drill mm -hmm. he's kind of picked up on the okay i'm getting pressure from the outside this is what i'm supposed to do right. or it could be like i roll out of the pocket we're mm -hmm. teaching how to run a scramble drill right yeah. what are the concepts and the main coaching cues for those kids and yeah so, uh, for like our receiver we talk about like uh, you know how we want our hands to be on certain balls mm -hmm. we want, when we want to throw our hands up and so of course we're going to try to make a drill that simulates that but at some point you're going to get a unique situation in the game right have they learned kind of the general concept i, I hate it 
you walk by a drill thing and your kids don't really know why you're running the drive. You as a coach know it, but do your kids really know why we're doing this? Yeah, the think, why. Yeah, yeah. That's, always yeah. the why. Always, a lot of times we're, yeah. we're in a rush. You know, like we are rushing. We're trying to be, but have we taken the time up front to explain the purpose of the drill? And I think that even if you got to kill 30 seconds mm-hmm. and make sure every kid knows what we're doing, right. then you go. Yep. I've, I've gotten a lot more into like pre-practice, not only walking drills or whatever, mm-hmm. but upstairs, be on a whiteboard, and like, hey, room. look, this is the stinking drill you're going to do today, and here's right. why. And maybe you do put a clip up and be like, this linebacker is really good at disguising his blitzes, so this week we're going to pick it, whatever it is. But Yeah. We do Monday, so Monday, I'm the head coach, I get in front of the team, and win, lose, or draw, we find the bad, that's our goal. And yeah. your mom can tell you the good, my gosh, find the bad. <laughs> so, so, so what we're going to do, guys, first thing we walk out on the field, so you're going to meet the position coaches, we're going to watch film, we're going to do all that stuff, we'll lift, and we'll lift. That the first drills we do are the drills we thought you sucked at the worst in the game mm-hmm. by your position coach. That's what he thought you were the worst at. It's five minutes and kind of a rinse and get it out and move on. But I think you grab their attention a lot of those drills. Okay? We recognize we didn't coach you really well on this drill. We struggled at this part of this drill. Here's what your coach thought was the most important drill. And then they literally only get five minutes at India on Mondays. I think my coach don't like it a lot, but I think it proves the point of the kids of Here's what we're doing, and here's what we're going to try to move forward. I actually stole that. It's directly. It's the first thing in my practice schedule now. It's a fix-it period. Get right. right. So, yeah. like that. Um, so if we move over to running backs now, um, kind of the same thing. What what drills have you found work for them in season? Uh, and then same thing. How do you evaluate what your running backs doing? If your skills are, or drills are working. Yeah. So a lot of running back stuff is going to be more reaction based. So a lot of cuts. So we work on jump cuts, speed cuts, and then one thing we call pressure cuts. So when you're getting body on body here, trying to protect the football, trying to make sure you're not just going through every single pressure. You can also go with pressure sometimes, evade, and then continue upfield. So um, those footwork is going to be huge for us. Ball security every single day as well. Really, the two main things with running back is ball security and footwork, essentially, right? So. Um, and then also, we also are working, like you said, mesh point with the quarterback and then pass protection too. We rushed for the mo- double our rushing yards from last year to this year. So, and that went just based on one, our running back's ability, right? You obviously have to have a good running back for them to rush a good amount of yards. So, um, but a lot of ball security stuff. Um, and with that, we'd like to do just the um, stubble bum, those types of drills where you're trying to get in just different postures. So. I'm falling down, hand out, that ball comes away, that's when it gets punched out the most, right? It's when you're not looking, it's when you're not paying attention. So really just focusing on getting your hands here, getting down, getting yourself in awkward position just to make sure you're maintaining the ball security the entire time. So um, one of the big focuses, that's yeah. an everyday drill that yeah. everyone usually does, you know? So um, other drills, I mean. So when you're doing those, <coughs> you're putting like, you talk about cuts, but is that, Cutting on air, you put oh, a read so sorry, yeah. you're giving so, them a read? Giving them a read, yeah. Making a always, game-like. I always have a visual. So, like, we'll do the the three trap pads. You're attacking downhill. One linebacker steps in this gap. You get a jump cut to the other one. Always find the open gap, right? But there's always some sort of visual there just so you can take the – you're not just – It's I, I always hate just not having a visual for running backs, right? They're always – their main job is to keep their eyes up work on their vision too, but then also you have to have something in your drills to make sure, hey, I have a visual here. I'm seeing this linebacker step this A gap. 
I got a jump cut here, work my basic inside zone read, work my counter reads where I'm seeing that end kick out, I'm staying tight to that tackle going through. So we also have a pull period with our linemen as well with our running backs just to get used to all the gap scheme stuff, right? Well, we're a big counter, yep. right? Say, yeah. <laughs> yep. yeah, we're a big counter and power team. So we always like to see, we're always staying tight to that tackle. So earlier on in the season, we weren't doing a good job of staying tight to the tackle on the down block. So we were staying too wide on the puller they were wrong arming it, they were getting off the kick and then being able to make a play. So we developed a, a pull period where now we're staying tight to this tackle. You're only looking at this tackle the entire time. We see that kick in your main job right now. I don't care if it's just simple things on the air, but we're gonna stay tight to this tackle, get on the tackle, and then we have the linebacker there and make a read off the linebacker. So just simple drills like that where it's realistic to your run scheme as well too. I love Kenny's, um, you know, the follow the guard concept. Yeah, yeah, is yeah. what everyone should be doing. Uh, right. but he has them hold the towel sometimes. Like I think those are all hilarious, and but but it works. Yeah. Uh, we always called it hogging it, right? You got to hog a hand on the guard and, and let's go, right? If right. You follow him and you can steer him a little yeah. bit, right? And love just that. wait till he makes contact and make a play. Yeah. So. yeah. We didn't, we didn't have a running back coach this year, so like we used yeah. the skills. That's why I was almost laughing when you were talking. I was going, man, I don't even know we had a running back coach. Yeah. Just, those are the skills you got to teach, but a lot of times it's kind of going off topic. We would actually, that kid who played running back would go with all the other position coaches. Mm -hmm. So like we had two running backs that could catch. Yeah. So they had a period where they would go with the receiver's coach and work on the routes they were going to work on and catching. Right. The other two running backs we were never going to throw the ball to yeah. went over with our H-backs and worked on blocking. There you, so they were, <laughs> right. you know, yeah. and then there were times we would use like our, you know, we had a, a coach that worked with our skilled kids on ball security. you got to work ball security. So yeah. we worked with quarterbacks and we ran with him a lot and the running backs. And there were times where, you know, they'd end up with quarterbacks working mesh point, like yeah. you said. But, you know, if you're in a small school right here, I think you could probably get away with having a skilled coach mm -hmm. if, you, if you're smart and how you move those kids. Yeah. And again, you kind of go, go back to their skill set. Y'all yeah. sound like y'all kind of an alpha dude. Yeah. And we had like kind of by committee. Right. And these three guys we throw the ball to and this guy, you're not getting the throw. So you're going to go work pass pro blocking, whatever right. you're yeah. going to do. Mm -hmm. yep. yeah. Coach, did you have anything on running backs? Uh, running, I think he does a great job with the running backs. I think the biggest thing, like you said, is you got to see a visual key. And you got to react to a moving stimulus. I think a lot of times you see on the internet, it's like everything's reacting to bags. Uh, you know, a rolling ball. I think something that's moving in one direction isn't necessarily realistic. And I think that goes back to the defensive drills we talked about earlier with, you know, the tackling drills that we do. Well, the running back's also getting work too because he's reacting to uh, someone trying to tackle him where if he needs to put his foot in the ground and cut back or try to race him to the sideline, that's building, which I think helped that running back out big time right. or any receiver that's catching the football. It's Because yeah. everything we do is with tennis balls. So like, you got to catch a tennis ball because you can't use footballs in the offseason, right? Catch a tennis ball and then react to it, right? So if it's a long distance reaction or a short distance, they're always reacting to something. And I think that translates to the, uh, the open field during the game yeah, as well. Right. Yeah. When you get into that analyst part uh, or analysis and, and kind of grading them, you know, I usually look at timing. We talked about footwork early. Yeah. You know, footwork can obviously bad and throw off timing, but yeah. angles, aiming points. Uh, if you're a big zone ring team, you know, a lot of people zoning are going to be like, what is it, a ghost tight end, or if you have a tight end, right, right, right for your outside zone stuff. Mm -hmm. um, inside zone, you know, it's whatever, but you could the center or the guard, yeah. wherever you are, but make sure their aiming points are right. But like we had a, a like a superior athlete last year at tailback for our freshman team. Kid's probably going to go be D1 somewhere. I mean, nice. he's outstanding. Can't play running back to save his life. He's only been a wide receiver his whole life. And he just couldn't, the reads didn't make sense to him. Right. And he got 
into either like I want to get to the sideline right now yeah. or I'm going to just buzz my feet because I don't know what to do. Right. right. And so you start looking at the footwork and just timing things. Um, are they outrunning the guard? Are right. they, you know, because we all run different schemes. So it's like whatever fits your scheme. Right. right. But that's also but, true to like if he's seeing like that week. Are you seeing an odd front? Are you seeing even front? Are you seeing linebackers that are aggressive to play side runs? The backside linebacker slow to get to scrape over. Like I think, think and this is something that he didn't mention, but this is something he works on is like the look we're seeing Friday night is the look we're seeing during practice the entire week. Mm-hmm. So that way, fast full linebackers downhill. Exactly. So right. like, hey, you're gonna hit this cut back because this kid's over the top too fast. Like at this point, and I think being able to bring that to the you know we talk about seeing friday night during the week well this is also plays into it during your team period is being able to see it um on running power counter inside right. zone, whatever it yep. may be yeah, yeah. Yep. Receivers all got left. Isn't receivers, it? that's it. Yep. Receivers. So what are we doing with receivers guys? Receivers. What is your what's your go-to oh, drill? Man, receivers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Look, this is one of those positions ever I feel like coaches when they come in they learn maybe not everyone, but I feel like everyone they they start it with the run scheme, because it's easy, right? There's like two. It's even in zone scheme, right? right? And then you just learn the intricacies. But getting outside of those passing concepts is already kind of difficult because there's a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like two of them that can work, you know, just get tagged up a bunch. And then you've got four dudes you got to learn how to coach. So right. I understand, like, the wide receiver side is more difficult to break into, I feel like. For sure. Yeah. No, and it's something that I've, like, over the past couple of years, you got to be super organized with. So to break it down, there's a few elements. First thing, stance and start which is usually pre-practice, like we're cleaning that up every single day. Like, is your stance to start relevant, right? And that's a good lean on your front foot, making sure that you're not false step. At least I teach, I don't want the guys to false step. Um, so that's step one. Step two, we get into releases. So I, like the biggest thing is I don't want my guys to see a press, a press corner and be like, oh, I don't know what to do, right? So like, I show them every single type of release, a head on release, inside release, if he's, Shuffling out if he's a hard press is aggressive. Um, is he playing off five yards? Is he off to the inside? Okay, now we got to stem off. So we, we work stem, we work releases. That's a whole period in itself. And then of course blocking, right? It's like I don't believe in the whole no block, no rock type thing. Yeah. I think I think it needs to be built into your culture that you know. There's this quote that always flows around, which I love by Brendan Marion. Like you block for the guys you love. Like you truly got to love your teammates in order to have effort to block. And our guys do a great job of that too. But I think we built that into our culture. Like you're not if you're not getting the football don't walk off the football like run off make it look like pass and then stock him up but we've also have our rpos built in our offense where like you could get the ball every single play so like if there is like you walking off the football well the slot receiver could catch a bubble behind you you don't know it so like you better get your butt off the football and, and and block it up so uh from a drill perspective though it's those are the big three, at least pre-practice, in practice, we do a lot of release work. And then I've developed a few drills where it's just like catch and run. Like how can we change the angle at a 45 degree, at a 90 degree, you know, 135 deep. I want my guys to see as many footballs as they possibly can so that way Friday night, like every angle possible they've already seen. And I think a couple of drills that we've developed and if anyone wants these drills, I'm happy to share them. But um, you know, within a five minute period that we have for our indie period, like I'm trying to catch as many footballs as I can. So when we do get into our routes on air period, like those guys are all cleaned up and, and crisped up. But um, if you guys want to dig more into it, you could go into route progression. So we're working breaks at a 45 degree at the top of the route. You know, so if we're running like a seven yard dig, we're working those last three steps on the top of the dig to be able to get out of it. So we will break down the route in that aspect of it. Uh, but drill wise, that's probably where I'm leaning to is the stance and start 
getting off a jam, getting into a route, and then obviously catch and finish. So I try to break it up in that aspect, not just run routes. You know, right. no, I think, because, yeah. because there are coaches that do that, right? Yeah. They, they go out and they run the route tree with every guy, right. every day, and it's like, what about all the other stuff? You do? Yeah. Or the opposite, which is, sure, we run flex boat or wing tee or something, so my guys are just going to block for the entire end yeah. period, right? I have four different blocking drills. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. Cool. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Now you're, you're really not developing anyone. Right. right. Just send them with the O line. That's it. If you're a receiver, you don't want to block. I mean, no, this is no, what it is. Not Especially all day, like, every yeah. Day. Well, right. if you're in like a like we throw the football a good amount, so like blocking is the last thing on their mind. But I need to brainwash them that blocking is a good thing. Like you have to get your <laughs> like you got to get out there and block, and you got to make sure that you're doing it efficiently. Um, so that's why like when we do our drills, like it's full speed. That's another thing too. Like if you're doing blocking drills as a receiver, like you got to move full speed. We have one where we put a bag behind the wide receiver. And it's just one on one. You know, make it competitive too, so right. that way loser does five push ups, something yeah. like that. You know, it's we do a lot of like uh, same kind of stuff you're doing. Then we do group stuff where it's like three on two, the yep. DBs up two, we're throwing mm-hmm. bubbles. Yep. And that's how we work our blocking. Because nobody wants to like go one on one block it's hard to get effort. Mm-hmm. Right. Do a mirror drill or whatever. Mm-hmm. But if there's actually a ball involved and a screen or now you're gonna kinda get a little bit of juices flowing right. on both sides. You know, and our, of course, our offense gets mad because defense is jumping. Right. You know, they're jumping it because everyone's coming. Right. And so they really got to work it. So that's yeah. kind of a, a good drill I'd recommend if you want to do blocking is have a ball involved and mm-hmm. a runner involved. Yeah, right. and we you do a lot of we call perimeter yeah. drill, and it's it's just bubbles. And yeah. but we can bubble. We'll, it, we'll, we'll go to you know, uh, three by one looks. Now it can go to any of those three receivers. Right. So the defense right. has to stay true. They got to read their keys. Right. The offense. You never know if you're the blocker or going to be the ball carrier. But that rep, right? Yeah. You, the, the OC stands way behind the defense and tells them who's one, getting two, the ball. Three. Yeah, yeah. But, but to so add, we, to add, uh, yeah. you're getting two dudes that are working and blocking. One guy's a catch and run. Defense has to play, you know, and react true. And it, it's a lot of work right, right now. Right. And it just teaches us how to own the sideline, right? Because yeah. we wanted those in bubbles too. Yeah. So of course. it really does fit. No, to add on to your point, Kenny, like use your hands too. Like uh, so many coaches will just do mirror drills that put the hands behind their back, right. and then so like, yeah, it's just like like you're you're blocking with your hands. Let's let's learn how to use our hands. And like we. I coined the phrase airplane block and just, you know, when you're working cutoff blocks, just getting your arms out so that way you're not coming back and cracking on a guy. But like, we practice those types of blocks too, but everything's with our hands. You know, I think there is an element to get your footwork involved where you have a wide base and you're getting your hands fitted up. But like, a lot of blocks are missed because the hands aren't fitted up properly, you know? And DBs are taught to head fake, chop the arm and go. Well, let's reverse engineer that. So how can we win the inside, keep the hands in? And then if we are losing the block, what's the parachute ripcord? you know what's our emergency if we're losing okay we're going to our airplane block to make sure that we can at least cut off the guy that's knifing inside uh, so that way we're not getting beat cross face and then a one yard gain which should be something ripped around the corner for a 20 yard gain is all because of one block missed because the guy didn't have his hands fitted up properly so i think you know a lot of the running back drills you can do here too depending on how much you use your receivers you know we had a kid that kind of did a little bit of both for us but he had a real bad fumble problem early so he went to the running backs coaches during they're ball scary drills, right? You know, so that's just kind of those guys are going to have the ball in their hands, and I think that's kind of an underrated aspect if they're struggling. And you work catches, you work releases, and all of a sudden, that guy's you're going to throw five screens to him. He's kind of your number two running back, yeah. Right? You know, so the same drills he was running were as a react, like he talked about reacting. Those are things you need to do, and, and again, it needs to marry your offense. If you're listening to this podcast and you run the flex phone. Probably don't need to run 15 routes and different concepts. Probably right. don't need to teach you more blocking yeah. drills. If you're, but if you're going to throw it, it needs to match what you're doing. Right. Yeah. 
Catch and tuck. Catch and tuck. Not catch and put the ball out. Catch and tuck. I'm a huge fan of both these guys. Yeah. Coach, I think one of the last things we usually do is let you guys talk about you know guys that have heard this and they want to go find more. Then yeah. y'all both have a ton, a ton of stuff out yeah. there. Where do they go? Yeah, uh, first off, victorysports.com is the website. We have a ton of resources. We're, we're actually redoing everything as far as organizationally on there. So hopefully by the time you hear this, um, it's the website's good to go. And then, of course, find us on uh, YouTube, TikTok, every social media, Twitter, uh, at Victory Sports, V-I-Q-T-O-R-Y, sports.com. So. Sweet. If somebody want to reach out to you personally today, email... DM, yeah, yeah, Twitter, probably Twitter, yeah, Twitter. At uh, Chris Victory is my personal Twitter, and then I'm um, at Coach Haddad Jr. H A D D A D. Sweet. Yep. Well, guys, we appreciate it, man. Appreciate you wasting, uh, you know, 45 minutes of your life talking about all this. Never waste. Yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This appreciate you. Um, on. on to the next one, I guess. Yeah. Right. Good stuff. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, guys. Thank you.